So, <clears throat> so we're reaching the end of our year, and although we had our spiritual year close and new year in October, September, uh, we see that every year the Lord releases us into a curriculum around about from January to December. And so if we just do a quick revision of where we've come from this year, I'm sure we can all trace uh, the Lord's process through what he's taught us. So we started out the year teaching on biblical principles, and that was quite an exciting new phase for all of us. Then we went through the Sermon on the Mount, so we can see the process, and then the curriculum reached somewhat of a high point when we did the judgment theme. It awakened many questions for all of us. And, uh, you know, questions like, when is Judgment Day? What will we be judged according to? Will we be judged according to our works? Or will we be judged according to what we were called to do? And then through that study, uh, along with our study that we now did on Romans, uh, we safely concluded and answered some of those questions in that, no, although we will not be judged according to our works, and although we won't be judged according to what we were called to do, we do understand that there is predestination and that we are called to seek out and know his will and to walk out his plan and to stay in the plan. And so now, today, we're finishing off with these last few Sundays, finishing off this whole process. And so, Sulani, will you please tell us and excite everyone uh, about what we are doing today? Okay. Yes. So, today... Yeah. No, I was going to say welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's weird having you in my right hand side, but it's nice. <laughs> All right, it's nice of you. <laughs> um, today we will be uh, once again looking at principles and how principles govern our value system and how our value system then determines our actions and our decisions and then this in effect becomes our witness. So when we walk, go about and we look at witness and we interact with um, other people on the outside, even with one another, our witness will not be what we think we are, but in fact what the other person who has interacted with us takes away when they walk away and see in our actions, in, in the way we respond towards them in conversation and so forth. So we want to look at how our witness is influenced by... Um, influenced and determined by our value systems and how um, we should conform our value system to be principles, biblical spiritual principles. Okay. So if we look at a value system out in the world, we can see that every person in the world has a value system. The bum on the street has a value system. The person in prison that belongs to a gang has a value system, the three-year-old toddler has a value system, we have a value system. Okay, so an example of value system being put in place or determining our actions would then be, um, imagine a person goes out to buy salt and vinegar chips. The one person, because of their value system, will decide they will buy Woolies salt and vinegar chips because it is the best quality chips, and that is where they want to spend their money. Another person, in fact, will go and perhaps buy Willard's salt and vinegar chips because he has convinced himself that Willard's salt and vinegar chips, in fact, are just as good and taste just the same as Willie's salt and vinegar chips. Okay. 
Now take this person, the Willits man, and imagine for a moment, today he won the lotto. Okay. The chances of this man buying salt and vinegar chips from Willies tomorrow is very probable because his value system has changed and were influenced. With other words, our value system are internal, subjective, and changeable. Okay, so we're going to come back to that. You need to keep that in mind. The whole teaching today is going to be focused on that. But before we go there, let's go to a scripture that we've done before, Leviticus chapter 5, verse 1 to 6. Let's go from verse 1. If a person sins in hearing the utterance of an oath and is a witness, whether he has seen or known of the matter, if he does not tell it, he bears guilt. Or if a person touches any unclean thing, whether it is the carcass of an unclean beast, or the carcass of unclean livestock, or the carcass of unclean creeping things, and he is unaware of it, he also shall be unclean and guilty. Or if he touches human uncleanness, whatever uncleanness with which a man may be defiled, and he is unaware of it, when he realizes it, he shall be guilty. Or if a person swears, speaking thoughtlessly with his lips to do evil or to do good, whatever it is that a man may pronounce by an oath, and he is unaware of it, when he realizes it, then he shall be guilty in any of these matters. And it shall be, when he is guilty in any of these matters, that he shall confess that he has sinned in that thing, and he shall bring his trespass offering to the Lord for his sin which he has committed, a female from the flock, a lamb or a kid of the goats as a sin offering. So the priest shall make atonement for him concerning his sin. I'm sure we all recall this piece of scripture when we did the principle of ignorance. So we all remember a person is innocent until they realize they've sinned in some way and then they become guilty. Okay, so this is also an indication of growth. Obviously, sometimes we can be walking a road, not understanding that a certain aspect of what we're doing is wrong by grace. The Lord then brings us to a certain place where we realize, ah, oh, this needs to be fixed. And now, once it is fixed and once we understand we have to repent in that area, if we then go back and do it again, then we would be guilty of sin. Whereas in ignorance, we are still innocent. Okay, so we all remember that. I'm not going to labor it too much. But so today... We're looking at the same piece of scripture, but we want to focus our perspective on a different verse. So specifically verse 5 and 6. And it says, and it shall be when he is guilty in any of these matters. So this is now after a person has been ignorant, anything, become aware. This is now at the stage when, when he is guilty in any of these matters, then he shall confess that he has sinned in that thing. Now we've also done the principle of confession and repentance. Now surely, if something had been committed either in ignorance or not, once the person realizes they are guilty and they confess and then hopefully repent, or, you know, probably repent, surely that would be enough to fix the problem, to set it right. Right? Right? We confess, we repent, we move on with our lives. And yet, Sulani, what does the scripture say? It says, and it shall be when he is guilty in any of these matters, that he shall confess that he has sinned that thing, and he shall bring his trespass offering to the Lord. 
So with the sin confession, there is a sacrifice. Okay, so let's just go back to verse 2 because there's something here that we might not have noticed. So it says, Or if a person touches any unclean thing, whether it is the carcass of an unclean beast or the carcass of an unclean livestock, or the carcass of unclean creeping things, and he is unaware of it, he also shall be unclean and guilty. So, Sulani, what you're saying <laughs> to me is, say I were an Israelite, and I decide one evening at sunset I'm going to take a stroll, and I'm not close to the beach, so I just take a barefoot stroll along a dirt road, and the light's getting dim because the sun is setting, so I can't really see, and I'm walking along the road with my bare feet, and... I step on something and I feel a crunch and in horror and anticipation I pick up my foot and lo and behold, I've stepped on a dead cockroach. (laughs) What you're telling me is that because this thing is dead and unclean, dead carcass of an unclean creeping thing, Mm -hmm. now I have to go sacrifice a sheep? Mm -hmm. That is in fact what it states. Is everyone seeing this? If you touch an unclean, creeping thing, the carcass of an unclean, creeping thing, now you are unclean and guilty. You have to confess and then bring a sacrifice. Okay. So, okay, but imagine for a moment, what if I were to be making food and in stirring the pot, a fly lands on my face and without thinking, I just go smack. Oh, no fire. more stew for you. You've got to take that sheep stew and go sacrifice it. <laughs> Sorry. A whole sheep. A whole sheep. Isn't that a little excessive? A sheep for a cockroach or a sheep for a fly? A dead cockroach and a dead fly. The fly is pretty dirty, but as far as I'm told, cockroaches are pretty clean. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. okay. So it's one for one. So if you get bitten by like 20 mosquitoes, you have to like. It's it's, it's touching the carcass of an unclean, creeping thing. So it's not the Uh, killing it. uh, So I didn't step on the cockroach. This is it. I didn't go step on the cockroach and kill it. It was already dead. So it's not even like I committed murder. It was already (laughs) dead, and I touched it. And now I'm guilty and unclean. Mm-hmm. So you just touched a dead thing. I just touched a dead thing. So, dead worm lying on my windowsill because it's eaten my but plants and then died. It is, but we're getting to the point. Okay, so obviously our examples are a little extravagant now, but we're trying to push through <laughs> a point. Okay, so bear with us. Okay. So, Silani, will you please explain mm-hmm. to us? Because this does seem excessive, yes. right? We can all see it's pretty excessive. Will you please explain to us why the Lord, because this is in the law, mm-hmm. right? Why did the Lord put this in place, that with confession there has to be a sacrifice? Okay, so if we imagine for a moment a whole nation, the whole nation of Israel, I mean, it seems quite easy to be stepping on a dead cockroach or accidentally touching a dead fly or what have you. So 
I could imagine that most of the Israelites in the camp would have had to offer at least one sheep because of this law. Okay. So once they have accidentally touched a dead animal or a, a carcass of a dead, unclean, creeping thing, they go and offer the sheep. And for someone that has to um, take care of an entire family, I mean, if you continuously, carelessly, accidentally touch an unclean thing, you will continuously have to offer up a sheep. And for someone with a family, this can become quite costly. So once, the, once everyone has felt the effects of the accidental incident, they would go about their daily lives with much more awareness, much more focus, and paying attention to where they are walking, what they are doing, so that they don't have to pay the price for accidentally doing this thing. Okay, so now imagine this. Everyone's felt the consequences. Everyone is going about much more carefully within their daily lives. If they were to see a cockroach, they would see it way over there. They would see it from a mile away. And they would make sure to stay past it, to avoid it at all costs. Okay. Because they have felt the consequences and understood what would happen if they were to step on it. All right. Okay. So, let's take, for example, they now avoid the cockroach. But because of their brethren and their families and everyone they love in the camp, they are one nation, they would from that point on forward, if they were to just leave the cockroach and walk away, someone else, one of their family members, their father, their brother, their sister, could come from a different direction and not notice the cockroach and then step on it. And the effect would still be, uh, and they would still be affected by the offering of the sheep, okay? So everyone's intention would start to become get rid of the cockroach as soon as possible with the necessary things you need so that we keep each other safe, so that we don't um, allow one another to accidentally commit a trespass. Because now remember, it's not just that you now have to bring a sacrifice. Touching an unclean thing also makes that person unclean. So there's, a, there's big consequences to this. So for instance, an Israeli mother who walks into her kitchen in the morning. Family's still sleeping. She's about to go make, boil some coffee. Walks into the kitchen dead right. Okay. Now, she could just go, oh, you stinking rat, and throw it out. Great. So now the rat's not in her house. No problem. Family doesn't know. Okay. But so if, say, the rat is now lying there, all the Israelites can obviously smell this rat from a mile away, so it's easy to avoid the rat. But if they leave it there, so everyone is avoiding it, but if no one takes the responsibility and removes it, this rat can later be the cause of a huge plague that can uh, influence and cause death and sickness for the entire nation. Okay. So what Silani is reiterating is that the Israelites, this kind of awareness, the fact that God put this in here, 
would mean that not only would the Israelites walk about their day being aware of how to keep their own space clean so that they are not influenced and so that their lives can you know, move orderly, they would also be aware for the sake of every other Israelite so that no one is going to be stepping on any dead cockroaches or have anything that will make them unclean. So every person takes up the responsibility to make sure that their environment is clear so that no one can accidentally make a mistake. Okay. But now obviously they don't just do this because they want a nice country to live in or a clean city without any health issues. They understand that even if everyone ignores the fact that there's something unclean lying in the corner and no one is picking it up, they can all get away with it. But they understand that God moves among his people and he knows all and he sees all. So even if they left it there, God would know it's there and no one is doing anything about it. Now we were taught, we learned that once we cross this threshold, we enter into a space where God moves among his people. And this isn't just true for when we fellowship here. This is true for where two or three gather in his name anyway. So once two people come into fellowship, this is true. God moves among his people. Now we don't want to be the, first of all, we don't want to be the dead cockroach for someone else to step on. We don't want to be the person who steps on the dead cockroach and then becomes unclean and could possibly defile all the rest. And we certainly don't want to be the person who sees the dead cockroach lying there and doesn't do anything about it. Okay, so practically, what am I saying? Once we come into fellowship, this is very practical. For instance, on a Sunday morning when we come to meet, we make sure we are here on time. When we cross the threshold, we make sure that our water bottles are full and our water glasses have been filled so that we don't cause a distraction for anyone else. If we think we might need a tissue later on because we don't know how emotional the teaching is going to get, we make sure that our pockets are stuffed chock and block so that we don't have to run around. We make sure that we come early enough so that if we do have to run to the bathroom before we start, we can do that. But this goes even further than that. We all walk in fellowship and we all understand uh, that we are um, walking with the Lord. So if we see someone sitting quietly by themselves, firstly, it would not be wrong to first assume that the person is in prayer. If it turns out that they weren't, then no harm done. But first of all, we assume they're in prayer and we are not going to be the one to disturb their moment with the Lord. Because remember, it's not just that we become, that we step on a cockroach and we become unclean, but there is consequences. So I might be the one who steps on the cockroach and pays the price with a sheep, but I might also be the one who makes someone else pay the price for my actions. So I can interrupt someone while they're in prayer, having a moment with the Lord, and they end up not receiving from the Lord what they were supposed to hear. Do we see? So the consequences of this is great. And so the reason the Lord put this in here is so that people can walk, the nation could walk circumspectly and could understand that every action and every decision is going to have possible consequences and it creates an awareness of their surroundings, of their thoughts, of their actions, of what they say. Make sense? Okay. So, Sulani. Mm -hmm. 
So we did the principle. Okay, so this leads us back to the very first principle that we did. Once we cross the threshold, once we come into fellowship, brings us back to the principle of coming in and going out. Mm. The very first principle we ever did. But Sulani, will you tell us why this principle is so important and why it was the first principle mm-hmm. that we did? Yes, of course. <laughs> what if, what if, okay, so God puts this law in place. What if everybody that had to pay a sheep every time they accidentally touch something unclean would complain about it a bit, right? I would. Now, eventually, everybody complains. What if God decided, okay, now I hear you. It's getting expensive. Times are tough. Let's cancel this law. But please, we're going to cancel the law. You don't have to pay the price anymore. But I'm just asking you, please try. Can you guys just please try and remember and try not to touch unclean things? Please try. What would it look like after a year, after the law was cancelled? There would be many cockroaches <laughs> in the corners. I think because um, if you haven't felt the effect of your acts, even though it was an accident, but of the accident, and you didn't feel the price, your awareness and your, um, your desire to then become focused and more intent on where you are going will not be there. Because us, as human beings, want to make everything as comfortable as possible and as easy as possible for ourselves. If there wasn't a law and it was just, please try your best, I probably would see a dead rat and be like, that's really gross. I'm quite sure my father will pick that up and just leave it there. And he will think, oh, it's really nasty. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure mother will see that and she won't handle it. So she'll go and pick that up. And mom's like, well, you know, my son will definitely pick this up. It's a man's job. And in the end, the rat is there for one, two, three weeks. It becomes infested and plague spreads throughout the camp because no one was willing to pick up the rat because the consequences weren't put in place. Think of our own homes. Think of our own homes. Have we noticed the dead spider under the cupboard and Mm -hmm. didn't immediately remove it? Because what's the big deal? See how this creates a awareness. Mm. Okay, so we see that it's Old Testament. We're not talking about the law. We're talking about the intent. Mm. God had to have a good reason mm. for putting this in there. So, for instance, we did a principle about turning our back on self. Mm. That was a harsh one, right? So now, remember, it was someone comes to you and they say, "I just quickly want to say something. Can I quickly tell you something?" Or they just approach you and start talking about themselves. Mm. And the principle was we're supposed to turn around and walk away. That seems really, really harsh. But what if, according to our value systems, according to what we feel is harsh and right, and mm-hmm. oh man, that's just, you know, can't just turn my back on someone, they're clearly speaking, and maybe they have something important to share, so I don't turn my back, and I don't walk away, and I indulge this person. Mm-hmm. Chances are, in a week's time, they're going to try it again, and again, and again. And then someone else is going to see, oh, well, in theory, yeah, the principle we don't, but it seems that, you know, there's, it's not that serious, so I can take a chance. And now, one after the other, we start falling back into our old habits and into our old ways. So even though something might seem harsh, and even though some of these principles that we did might seem harsh, and the consequences seem harsh, 
It's for the good of the nation, for the good of the body. Mm -hmm. Right, makes sense. Okay, so back to beginning. Oh, coming in, going out. Solani <laughs> take us there. <laughs> I'm running ahead. <laughs> Can I grab a pen quickly? Yes. Cool. Right. So, the principle of coming in and going out have been put in place. Um, but if we practically look at it, we linked beginning and end to this principle, coming in and going out. Do we all remember beginning and end? Okay. Um, if we look at beginning and end, we can see that it is in fact impossible to both come in, begin, and end at the same time, to come in and exit at the same time. Johannes, would you please show me how you go out and come in at the same time? <laughs> please jump up and fall down at the same time. <laughs> please lie down and stand up at the same time. Can you please speak and be quiet at the same time? <laughs> so we in fact see that it is impossible to do these two at the same time. All right. In the spirit, just hold on a sec, you'll see where... <laughs> Where we are there. headed? <laughs> We're getting there. <laughs> okay. So, when we start implementing the principle of beginning and end in our daily lives, we'll start to be able to flow with the Spirit. So, if we look at it, if I put a beginning to my thought patterns and and can realize where I've started and come from, it is easy for me to then bring an end to it. For example, if I have dwindling thoughts, spaghetti brain, and I realize and I come to the realization, oh my goodness, my thoughts have wandered, I need to put an end to this. I am then able, even though I might not be able to identify the beginning, I am able to then put an end to that thought and start a new one and continue forward. So I can, I can start and begin with thanksgiving once again and continue in thanksgiving. If I have realized that I in fact have ended and stopped giving thanks, I can once again start giving thanks. It gives me a place to refer back to, to start again and to continue Okay, so, um, okay, let me just quickly see. Okay, so we can see that this then creates order, it creates rhythm. Once we identify, um, once we are able to identify the beginning and the end, we are able to identify what the spirit is busy with, when he has started something, and where he is leading me towards. Okay. So, uh, can I do... Oh, no, it's at the... Yeah, so why is this such an can important principle? Okay. Why is this the one we're Oh, yes, of with? course. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Johannes was slightly uh, just ahead. 
But the, <laughs> the principle yeah. is great. <laughs> <laughs> So, the principle of beginning and end is so very important to implement in everything we do in our lives because God, in fact, identifies himself as the beginning and the end. When we look at creation itself, when we look at life, when we look at nature, we can all see that the characteristic of it all is it has a point of origin, it has a definite beginning, and it has an end. So he incorporates this in his character, in the way he does things, in the way he um, communicated his plan to us, this was incorporated. And because we can see that this forms a part of his value system, we also want to conform our value system to become this. Okay, so very important. I hope you're all hearing what she's saying. So this is huge. So God, part of the way God identifies himself is that he is the beginning and the end. Then he goes and creates this whole creation and everything that he creates is dependent upon a beginning and an end. Not because of the beginning and the end, but because it's based on his identity. Okay. So if everything in creation is dependent upon a beginning and an end, how much more would our faith walk, if we are to be conformed to him, how much more would our faith walk be dependent upon this principle of beginning and end? Make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay, so, uh, Sulani told us, we remember that the main place we want to implement, or we wanted to and still are trying to implement this, the first place we start is with our own thought patterns. Because what happens in here will start to flow out. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure when we, we, when we implemented this specific principle at the beginning of the year, all of us were very excited. We could see it for what it was and we could see that it held value. And I know that everyone was very excited to start trying it out. But if we just do a review of the year and where we've come to today, I'm sure most of us would have experienced that it became all the more difficult, probably, to continue in a principle that we know is good and right and we can see the effects of it. But, or it could be that we all just continued in it diligently and it worked out really well. In which case, we're very proud of you. Okay, so let's get a feel. So obviously, I'm sure we all agree, when we implemented this principle beginning of the year, we could all identify that this could be very good fruit. Am I right? Okay, how many of us were able to continue with that same zeal throughout the year in implementing this principle? So, because of this dynamic, we have formulated a better way to be able to continue in principles. And it's called Value System Principle Witness. Ta-da! <laughs> okay, 
So this is where we're going. So remember what Sulani said at the beginning. We said that's important. We're going to come back to it. This is us coming back to it. <laughs> okay, so Sulani, will you please lead us into this unbreakable bond between these three elements and uh, start explaining to us how they work together? All right. So we're first going to have a look at witness. Um, and we can all remember, I'm sure, the principle of witnessing. To return, repeat, and do again. All right. So if we just basically look at witness in practicality, we can see that, um, let's imagine someone on a witness stand in a court testifying to a crime. This person on the stand will be required, the judge will require of him, to please go back to the 25th of October 1975 at 5 o'clock and please tell us all, tell the court, what had happened that night. So this person is required to, in his mind, return to, the, to this date, to this time, and to this incident, to repeat exactly everything he saw and heard that night, not changing a thing because this would influence his witness, and then to, re to return, repeat, and to do again, so to show everyone and explain what had happened that evening. So he has a point of origin to return to. He has a place to return to from which he can witness from. Okay, so basic image of a witness. So, let me just see. So I'm okay. going to quickly, yes. so remember with yes. the Israelites, they have the feasts, for instance, mm -hmm. every year. So every year they have the same feast over and over and over and over again. And you would think after a while maybe the feast is doing something, but that's not what it's about. So, it, so God put these feasts, for instance, in place so that every year, even though it seems like a circular movement, the Israelites would be moving forward in circular motions, but they have something to return to. And mm -hmm. they can do it again and again. And every time it has the same outcome. Mm -hmm. So the outcome is sure. Because I do things the way that God implemented them, and I do it again the same every time without variation, I return, I repeat, I redo, I can be certain that I'm going to have a very specific outcome. So with them doing this, they would not only be witnessing firstly to God that his ways are true, they would be witnessing to each other that in fact his ways are true and good and right, and they would also be witnessing to the outside world mm -hmm. that God's ways are sure and steadfast, and he is faithful. Okay, mm -hmm. you can go from there. Okay, so if, we, if I can use a different example or just another, um, we can connect. We, okay, so we remembered in the beginning of the year, I don't know if you all remember, but uh, Nadia and Monet connected the principles to the Saxon and the, to be navigated, connected oh, yeah. with being navigated with the stars, by the stars. Okay, so we tool. can yes, mm. so we can see that principles in effect become our navigational system to walk out the road of righteousness. So just because we have just done a whole study on righteousness and we better understand this, now we can start implementing these tools so that we in fact can start walking this out in our daily lives. Okay, so. Imagine a pilot, and he has been flying to Washington and back from Cape Town to Washington and back for, let's say, 20 years. 
he knows how to arrive and get to Washington because he has been flying this, ro this route for 20 years. His calculations are the same every single time. It never changes, and he always follows the navigational system on the plane to get there and to come back. He doesn't decide, okay, I'm just going to see if I can spot the airport from <laughs> out here. So he's flying, and then later on he just like leans over, like, oh, I'm trying to see it. Do, do you think that's Washington? Maybe that one, I'm not sure. <laughs> he doesn't fly that way, okay? He has a sure way of getting there, a sure navigational system. Okay, and calculations figured out, perfect. Imagine this pilot one day, after 20 years, I mean 20 years, that's a long time. You've been flying the same route multiple times for 20 years. And he's like, you know what, I think today I'm just going to try something new. I'm bored. This is boring. Let's see if I can still find it, but I'm going to add one degree here, I'm going to add two degrees there, and maybe five over there. And we'll see. I mean, it's going to be fun, right? Everyone else can we'll enjoy see. it immensely. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, guys, today, yes, hello, passengers, today <laughs> we've decided to spice things up because I'm bored. <laughs> Imagine. Imagine the horror. <laughs> Especially the ones who are first-time flyers. Yeah, grabbing oxygen masks, breathing Great. into the paper bag. <laughs> Great. Very orderly. All right. So, would this pilot arrive in Washington if this, in fact, is how he decided to fly? The headlines will read, plane disappears due to spicing it up. <laughs> <laughs> if we implement, if we start implementing this concept of the, the pilot flying by specific calculations in his navigational system. Every time, exactly the same. The outcome, every time, exactly the same. Arriving there, there in the same time at the same place. We can start implementing this and seeing that principles, in fact, become our navigational system because it is never changing. It is sure it is not dependent on anything else. It is always the same. It will always be the same. So it is always a place to return to, always a place where you can start again and continue forward. Okay. So if we, everyone can look at this board for a moment. We wrote down here. So <clears throat> this is where we want to start. So we're looking at witness spiritual principles and value systems. Now, spiritual principles are like natural laws and eternal truths. They, they, in their nature and in their form, they work the same way. They are all objective, unchanging, and external. Which means that none of these, so natural laws, eternal truth, and spiritual principles are never about the individual. They are true, irrelevant of anything else and everyone else. Okay, so never about, never internal. They are unchanging, so they are absolute, and they are objective. So it's not you think about it this way and I think about it another way. Whereas, where are we here? Okay, we'll get to that. So value systems, which should be written here, are subjective, changeable, and internal. 
So a value system is neither right nor wrong. The guy who chooses the Willard's, Willard's chips instead of the Woolworth's chips, it's not right nor wrong. It's just mm -hmm. his value system. Okay. But it's about, so it's internal. It's about the person. And this shouldn't be, I shouldn't say external. <laughs> okay, but anyway, we'll look over that. Okay. So, <clears throat> but practically this is how it works. So if we have a believer who approaches the word, sooner or later, the more they spend time in the word, the more they start knowing the word, and the more they start believing and trusting the word, they will adjust their value system to the Bible. So all believers, to a more or lesser degree, will adjust their value system to the Bible. Okay. But unless what we read here, and unless what we know as truth is implemented, like Solani said, implemented, and then repeated without variation, it is not yet a witness. Okay. So a believer can read the word, believe it with all their heart, trust it, go like, this is the word, I believe it's good and right. But unless they are able to implement it and repeat it without variation, it is not yet a witness. Now let's think about this practically. Practically, If we look out into the believing world, and even ourselves included, we know that we've come across many spiritual truths. We've been blessed by the Lord, and we know that most believers, when they read the word, we can identify that this is good and right. And now most believers would approach the word, and because they want to have their value systems adjusted, they want to live according to the word, the first thing usually we get to is the law. Because remember, we want our value systems to be governed. Right. Okay, but now, when we get to the law, the law itself, the biblical law, it's not necessarily even the Old Testament law, it's just a form of law, a form of works. The law itself is also changing. Remember, it's not eternal. Once this creation is over, the law is also over, and the law is fulfilled, and the law changes. Okay. Which means that now you have something changing, influencing something that is also changing. Okay. So what we see is that believers end up believing the word, they're adjusting their value system, and because they cannot uh, implement and continue in what they believe, their witness doesn't prove their value system to be true. So somewhere there's a link missing between the witness and the value system. Is this making sense so far? Now the problem is, the reason this, is, this can never work is because you cannot have something that is constantly changing, constantly in flux, govern something that is never supposed to change. Mm -hmm. A witness in its nature is supposed to be absolute and unchanging. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be stable and steadfast. Mm -hmm. But if you have something that's constantly changing, governing uh, something that's supposed to be unchanging, obviously logic says this is never going to work. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the link, if you will, the missing link that is going to make our witness prove our value system to be right and true is the principle. Okay. Is everyone following so far? So we need something to govern our value systems so that our value systems become unchanging so that our witness can be that our value system is true. So a believer can... Okay, so let me explain it this way. So I read the word, and I see something like Yahushua saying, do not worry about the day of tomorrow. 
I think, great, I'm adjusting my value system. This is good. This is true. I'm going to believe this. This is right. Okay. But now, things get a bit tough, and I'm going like, okay, but the word says just don't worry. But now, someone spends enough time with me, they realize sooner or later uh, that I can say it, and I can believe that that's how I should live. But the truth of the matter is I'm still living in fear, worry, anxiety, and I stress from time to time. But what is it? Because I believe, I believe that the word says, Yahushua says, don't worry about the day of tomorrow. And I believe that's the way I should live. I believe that he's made the way, even, that I don't have to live in fear, worry, and anxiety. The fact that he said it means that it must be possible. But why is it that my witness cannot prove my value system to be true? You hearing what I'm saying? Okay. So we're going to come back to that uh, example right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But okay, so the missing link is the principle. Because we want something unchanging to govern something that is changing. But so that the changing here can become stable and unchanging. Okay, so that we have... You see, because this works together as the threefold chord. So that the entire system can become solid and steadfast. Okay, so, Sunani, mm-hmm. will you please tell us a bit more about what the word says about principles? Yes. All right. So, out in the world, or let me start like this. Okay, so we have very firmly established that there are, in fact, spiritual principles that need to be set in place because our value systems need to become sure and steadfast and unchanging based on the spiritual principles. We have listed them. We all understand spiritual principles. Okay. But we also see a different principle. We see worldly principles. And when we all come to the Lord, we all come with many worldly principles put in place in our lives. Will you please take us to the scripture? So, if we read in Colossians 2 verse 8. All right. Colossians 2 verse 8. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Messiah. Okay, so we see that the word states, in fact, do not be conformed according to the basic principles of the world. All right. When you change the external, that's what, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Basic, basic principles. principles yes. That's what's there. So the equation mm-hmm. basic principles. Good. Okay. Nice. That's fine. Thanks. Okay. Yet. Okay. So when we look, what is the goal of our faith? The goal of our faith is to become, to be conformed to Messiah. Okay. And we can see now that principles, in fact, is the tool and is the key towards being conformed to Messiah. When we look at um, being navigated by the stars and this being our navigational system and the righteousness of the Lord is walking on the straight and narrow path and not veering to the left or the right. This in fact then becomes our tool to move forward 
in his ways and in who he is and what he has established for us to walk out. Okay. So can I ask you a question? Yes, please. So you said that, so the spiritual principles is what go, what's going to conform us. Yes. But what if I'm not implementing spiritual principles? Okay. So if you're not implementing spiritual principles, this means you have changed your navigational system. This means you have changed direction and you will in fact not be able to arrive to, at the point of being conformed to Messiah because you, even though you might be only one degree off track, even if you're just walking next to the road, you still will not be conformed to Messiah. And if I'm not conformed to Messiah... Mm-hmm. What am I conformed to? The basic principles of the world. So we were all created to be conformed to something. Mm. We're either going to conform to spiritual principles or to worldly principles. Okay, Because we, this is very important, no person will be conformed by a value system. Mm. We will only be conformed by principles. Mm. And if they are not spiritual principles, then they will be worldly principles. So often what we see is that a believer will come to the word and notice these spiritual principles, but the ungodly will always compromise on spiritual principles. So if we look at principles here, we said that principles are the same as eternal truths and they're the same as natural laws. Now a natural law can be circumvented if someone wishes to do so, but it will only be for a limited time and in a controlled space. A natural law can never be cancelled out entirely. So you can try to circumvent it, but it will only be for a limited time and in a controlled space or environment. Okay, so fire is going to be hot, and ice is going to be cold, and water is going to be wet. Okay, spiritual principles work in the same way. So they are always true, external from everything else. But the ungodly would approach a spiritual principle and the inevitable action would be to compromise, to try and circumvent these spiritual principles. So what happens earlier, I said usually when a believer comes to the word, we want something to conform our value system to, something to adjust our value system, something to govern our value system. And the first thing we reach is the law. Now, the law, we said, is also changing. But the law was given to the Israelites, not just because God wanted to uh, adjust their value systems, but we know that the word says that the law was to lead them to faith. Now, on a very practical level, what this means is that they were supposed to be able to return, repeat, redo, until they've moved through the law so intensely that they would be able to start seeing through the law and noticing the spiritual principles that it represents. Because the law is changing and limited in its existence, and yet the spiritual principles that they represent is eternal, external, objective, and unchanging. Is this making sense? Yeah. We're all following. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, but now, okay, let's just see what did I say, what did I not say? Hmm. Okay, so let's do some examples. I think the examples are going to explain this better. Is everyone following the process? Yeah. 
so far. Okay. Oh, this is the one thing I want to say. This is what I want to say. So, <clears throat> this is the important thing to remember. We will not be conformed by our value systems, mm. ever. We will only ever be conformed by principles. Because you cannot have something becoming stable governed by something that's unstable. Mm. Okay, that's what we're trying to push through. Show them the boat and the mm. Oh, yes. Okay, yes. good idea. Do you want to do yes. that example for us? Yes, I'd love to. Okay. So an example of this would be, can I do it on the team? Mm. Okay. Um, okay. And we have a boat. And here we are. Okay. So, the one pole will be the basic principles. No? The value system. Yeah. The basic principles, yeah. BP. <laughs> okay. Basic principles of the world. And the other one will be spiritual mm. principles. Okay, and this is our value system. Okay, now we all come from a place where our boat was anchored and held in place by the basic principles of the world. Okay, yet we want to come to a place where we want to anchor and set our um, value system on the spiritual principles. But now you can't, you only have one rope, you don't have two. Okay, so inevitably if you want to be anchored to spiritual principles, you'll have to let go of the basic principles. You'll have to loose your rope from the basic principles of the world. Okay, so whilst you're doing this and in this process, your value system will be unstable, your boat will be rocking because you are not anchored yet to something. But as soon as you throw anchor and you tie your rope to this pole of spiritual principles, you will be sure, you will be steadfast, you will be put in place and you, it will not be wavering or changing. Okay. So for someone who has not tied their boat to the spiritual principles, and we're specifically not, we're not looking at all humanity now, we specifically want to look at believers. Because the big question, the big struggle for many believers is, yes, but I believe the word. Mm -hmm. you, how many believers have we come across and how big is this challenge where believers are sitting in church, they've been in church for 20 years, they read the word, they believe the word with all their heart and they purpose in life is to love mm. the Lord and to serve Him. And yet they're not seeing breakthrough. Mm. They're not seeing overcoming. They're not seeing health and freedom that the Word so clearly promises. Mm. They cannot become a witness. And it's not for a lack of believing the Word or wanting to even live out the Word. Mm. It's because they're trying to conform to a value system and not looking through the Word and noticing the spiritual principles that are going to cause this witness mm. to come into effect mm. okay so what is the natural outcome of this if we cannot identify spiritual principles and if we do not have the spiritual principles to implement mm. and repeat without variation during our lives 
the best we can do, the best a believer can do, is to notice that their value system has to be adjusted to the word, but this will then manifest in works, good works. Mm. So they will try to do something good and see, oh, I should do this, and oh, I should love my neighbor and do that. But if you spend enough time with them, and when they spend enough time with themselves, and when they are honest with themselves, they know that the witness has not been formed yet. They're not being conformed into his image. It is only manifesting in an external way from time to time. Does that make sense? Okay. So we want to get to a place where we can not just adjust our value system to what we see in the word, but to read the word and be able to see through it, to see that which is objective and external and eternal and unchanging so that we can conform our value systems to the principles Mm -hmm. because the process works like this the value system is going to govern or determine the witness Mm -hmm. but the value system has to be governed by principles okay emphasis on governing Mm -hmm. governing Mm -hmm. so remember we are going to make our decisions and do our actions all our actions and decisions are based on something That something is our value system. Okay, so our thoughts and our decisions and our actions are governed, governed by our value systems. But that, and the value system is going to govern our witness. We cannot witness, oh no, I'm, okay, I'm skipping ahead. Let's do this. (laughs) So the principle, because we're looking at a believer and we want to get to the answer, how to have a sure and steadfast witness. If my value system is not governed by something steadfast and unchanging, then my value system and my witness cannot be the same thing. So what I'm going to witness, so I can believe the word, but my witness is going to be that the word isn't true. Exactly. Exactly. So we can actually bring this in now, or as we were going to end with this. But actually, when we look at this process of value system, principle, and witness, we see that it's the same process that we've put in place many moons ago. Uh, Knowledge, becoming understanding, Mm. becoming wisdom. Mm. Shalani, do you want to show us the parallels between the two systems? Yes, can I write it? Yes, I can wipe out these. Okay, wait. Ah. Go for it. Yeah. Okay. Knowledge, understanding, and (laughs) wisdom. Okay, so When you compare value system and knowledge, we can see that it's the same thing because a value system is often, we often base our value system when reading the word, as Nadia said, on the laws. We see the word says, do not worry. So we're like, yes, we acknowledge this is good. This is true. It becomes knowledge. It's something that we, we really do believe this is true and this is how it should be. Okay. But if we go from this place of just knowledge straight to trying to be the witness, the wisdom of how to implement the reality of what we just saw in the Word will be lacking. Okay, 
So we'll need the principle, the understanding of why the word says what it says. We need that, that key of understanding. It becomes, it not only becomes a thing in the mind, but it becomes settled in your heart. And because of this, you are then able, in fact, to witness and to act in wisdom because wisdom is walking out and implementing what the word says, which is impossible without the understanding thereof. So we can see how beautifully this connects with one another and forms a unit. You can reveal what the what what is the principle in that? Why not worry? Where's the why? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's so let's go so there. The, so. so the do not worry is forms our value system. But what are we connected with that state of? So Matthew chapter six. Verse 25. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Joshua says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And now a believer can read through this entire scripture and go, okay, the Lord says I shouldn't worry, so I'm going to adjust my value system. I'm not going to worry. But it's just knowing that I shouldn't worry going to, be, going to enable me not to worry. No. So, Sulani, mm-hmm. will you please show them where is the principle yes. that I can implement so that I can witness to my value system? Okay. So, verse 32 uh, same, so Matthew 6 verse 32 For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. So it says, our principle will then become the Father knows that we have need of all these things. He knows that I need this. And that is the principle. It is unchanging, unwavering. It is sure it will always be that way. He will always know what I need. And it's true for every believer. So I can choose to circumvent that and I can choose Mm. to move outside of that. But the fact of the matter is that it's eternal, external and objective Mm. and unchanging. God knows what his people need. Okay, so that's the principle. Mm -hmm. So we can go, oh, do not worry. And yes, I can, my value system, adjust Mm -hmm. my value system to do not worry. But the principle that I'm going to implement, that I'm going to go return to, that I'm going to stand on, is going to be that God knows what I need. Mm -hmm. And so now the value system is governed by the principle. Mm -hmm. And the the more I return, Mm -hmm. repeat, redo, the witness becomes, I don't have to worry because God knows what I need. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. So if I may, mm. maybe practically explain this. If I then realize and bring in the principle of beginning and end, if I have realized, oh my goodness, I just started worrying about something, I immediately go back to the principle of the Lord knows what I have need of. And I will stop, I will put an end to, to the thought of worry and will put in place the principle, he knows what I have need of and immediately start going back into thanksgiving, being 
thankful. Thank you, Lord. You know what I have need of. Thank you. You are the one I rely on. And continue my thought pattern then from there on, continuing in thanksgiving. Therefore, my witness, if I continuously return to this point, because I now have a point of origin, I can start witnessing that this, in fact, is true in my life. I don't worry anymore because the principle has been put in place. I know he knows what I have need of. We're seeing that this is a huge tool. This can bring very big breakthrough. So, verse 33 says, so there's not only one principle. So he's saying don't worry, but it's not just based on one principle. It's actually based on two. So verse 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Both of those things, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, are both objective, unchanging, external, and eternal. So because of his kingdom and because of his righteousness and the fact that he imputed his righteousness to me, I don't have to worry. Because his kingdom is sure. His kingdom is waiting for me and I'm part of his kingdom. And he has already imputed his righteousness to me and chosen not to impute my sin to me, but his righteousness. And he has already finished the road, so I'm able to finish the road. You see how this changes the focus completely from, like Sulani said, I'm, I'm sitting and I'm worrying. I'm going like, okay, but the word says, don't worry, don't worry. So just stop worrying. You know, mm. the word says, don't worry. So why are you worrying? And then the more you tell yourself, don't worry, the more... The anxiety builds up because now you're transgressing because you know yes. you shouldn't worry and you are worrying and you can't stop worrying and breakthrough doesn't come. You see how this ends up us trying to base our witness on our value system. Okay, But we need something steadfast to govern our value system so that our witness can be governed by something steadfast. Okay, So another example is right up here. Let's read actually verse chapter 6. Verse 19 to 21 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Okay, so the value system is do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. So we read that, we go, yes, no more treasure here. My treasure is in heaven. But Sulani, what is mm-hmm. the principle? What do you think is the principle in this scripture that we base it on? So, because it says here where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And the whole study we started doing on judgment, we started with this. So it's not a case of, okay, I see I shouldn't have treasure on earth. I should have it in heaven. So now I'm actively going to not have treasure on earth. I'm actively going to have treasure in heaven. When the principle is where your heart is, there your treasure will be. Mm-hmm. Your treasure is there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we see that. We, so what we want to practice, what we want to start practice doing is to read the scripture, but to be able to notice the principle. So look through mm-hmm. the law look through what is just going to adjust our value system and notice what is eternal and mm. unchanging so that we can conform to that. Mm-hmm. So the principle is exactly the same as seek first the kingdom of God. Into our yes. Exactly the same principle. Mm. Right, now, get back to <coughs> seeking his kingdom. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the ungodly will always try and 
circumvent or change the principle and then justify them doing so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. The ungodly might not actively identify the principle, but when they come across godly principles, they will try and segment it. Because the principle will anchor them and govern their value system. And they don't want to. Yeah. Now, what happens to a person that reads the word says, God says, don't worry, but they have not sought his kingdom first and fulfilled righteousness. So a person that reads that wants the value system of not worrying, but they don't want to die to self, so they don't go to the baptism order, mm. uh, so they haven't fulfilled righteousness and didn't actually seek his kingdom. Mm. Is it possible to live in the reality of not worrying? No. So, so mm. the principle would, that would bring you back to beginning and end. Uh, yeah. Okay, so mm -hmm. this principle, seek the first the kingdom of God and fulfill all righteousness, where did he fulfill righteousness? Do you know where he fulfilled righteousness? When he died... On the cross, when he or his baptism. Oh ah, yes, go. of course. I'm sorry. Mm. She's there. <laughs> okay, so of remember. Course, so yes. what did Yeshua say yes. when it comes to the baptism waters? It is necessary for us to fulfill all righteousness. Remember, John, John. says no. Yes. I, you should be baptizing me. Yes. Don't ask me. And then Yeshua says, no. no let it be so now. Yeah. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Mm -hmm. So all righteousness is fulfilled. So if all righteousness is fulfilled in his baptism, yes. he gets baptized and all righteousness is fulfilled, would it be possible for me to seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness by circumventing, whilst circumventing baptism? No. Obviously not, right? Because we follow in his steps, it's his righteousness and it's his, his road, his path. But now what's the principle of baptism? To be resurrected. The principle of baptism is not, oh, I have come to believe. That's value system. The principle of baptism is because I have believed, I will obey the word, fulfill all righteousness the way that he did, be baptized into his death and resurrection. So now we have people, the value system is, I've seen the word, I have to be baptized. But the ungodly will always seem or seek to circumvent the principle. Hmm. So they go, I will be baptized as a symbolic sign of mm. my faith. Mm. Works. But they circumvent the mm. dying and the resurrection. They still get baptized. Somewhere, somehow. Mm. But they circumvent the dying part. That's not fulfilling the principle or obeying, anchoring themselves to the principle of fulfilling all righteousness. There's only one way. You read righteousness and fulfilling righteousness walking righteousness anywhere in the Bible, it links to him saying it, let, it must be so so that we can fulfill all righteousness. Baptism. Mm -hmm. No baptism, no dying in baptism, no resurrection, no righteousness. But you can convince yourself you have it. Your witness will clearly show that it's not true. Why? Because mm -hmm. sin is worry, anxiety, fear. Fear, anxiety and worry is sin because of unbelief and doubt in his goodness and your positioning in him. So you can blah, 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 I'm a believer for 20 years, because <laughs> it's blah, blah, blah. Your witness will be your witness. So your value system is, I love God, I read the Bible, and I go to church, I'm a believer. Your witness is, anybody that's spent any time with you is, you gossip, you're full of envy, strife, and jealousy, mm -hmm. critical, and 
you are full of doubt, unbelief, worry, and stress. But blah, 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 I'm a believer. <laughs> because they circumvented the, the principle. Mm. Okay, so let's look at some more examples. Let's mm -hmm. go to... Let's go to the other one in Matthew, okay, Matthew 22. So Matthew chapter 22, we're going to read from verse 36 to verse 40. You're not reading with us? <laughs> okay, I knew you were going to say that. Okay, <laughs> so, <clears throat> teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Yeshua said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now this is a very good example. A very good example. Because why? Because someone would read this, specifically a Jewish person in that time would read this and because they could not see through the law and identify the spiritual principles, they would see something like, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and your neighbor is yourself. And because they were not able to either identify the spiritual principles or were circumventing the spiritual principles behind this, this would manifest in good works. So I'm going to love the Lord by going to church, by praying every evening before I go to sleep, by reading my Bible, Daily, and I'm going to love my neighbor as myself by doing soup kitchens and I'm going to go volunteer at the orphanage. I'm going to take care of the old people in the old age homes and I'm going to feed the hungry and etc, etc, etc. When, Tulani, what mm -hmm. do you think is the principle behind the scripture? That the Lord knows who is his. He knows who is his. And we can even make it bigger than that, 100%. Mm. We can even take it to Yahweh's one. Mm. So love the Lord your God and your neighbor as yourself. And the reason mm. I'm able to do that is because the Lord knows who is his and Yahweh is one. His neighbor and the brethren. Mm. So this doesn't mean that we, this doesn't mean that we don't take care of anyone else so oh no you don't fellowship with me sorry i can't give you food we obviously don't do that because we see that yahushua didn't have that kind of attitude and he knew every person <clears throat> yet when it comes to priorities and where i'm going to um when it says seek his kingdom first um, you know if i only have so much resources and so much time and so much strength i'm first and foremost going to spend it on edifying his body building his body and for the purpose of the body being conformed to his image. The question is not really who is our neighbor. Because mm. if love is keeping God's commandments. Which mm. is where we're going next. Yes, we're going there next. Mm. If love is keeping God's commandments, then mm. if I'm going to love my neighbor that's not a believer, we're going to have a problem pretty soon because I want to be able to break bread, to fellowship around the word, uh, walk in faithful prayer, worshiping God, bringing the uh, sacrifice of the of, of the lips, praises, and uh, thanksgiving, honoring His name. Uh, day two, the person that doesn't want to honor His name, not going to want my love anymore. Mm. 
I can offer it all he wants, because loving is keeping mm-hmm. God's commandments. So it's not a question of who's my neighbor. Mm-hmm. Very naturally, our value system, because of our principles, will start to diverge in, in every possible way. Because he's attached to a worldly value system, and I'm attached to his principle, principle uh, uh, spiritual principle. Mm-hmm. So now, you see how that the question isn't who I who I consider to be my my, my neighbour mm. in daily walking out a principled life. Yeah, natural. Yes, yeah. it can. So one so a person could read love your neighbour as yourself. So <clears throat> this is also very important. So for a person who's adjusted their value system to the word, they've not necessarily. Uh, they're not necessarily seeking out spiritual principles. So let's assume there are no spiritual principles in place. This means they're either operating without any principles or they're operating according to the basic principles of the world because something has to govern a value system. Okay, mm-hmm. Or the value system is just governing the value system. Which means that now I can look at a biblical truth, adjust my value system and it says love your neighbor as yourself, but because of the basic principle that is going to govern this value system, it will manifest also in something like good works. Like, okay, well now, my actual neighbor, you know, I'm going to have to make friends with them and invite them over for dinner quite often and be nice to everyone. I'm just going to have to love everybody the same, uh, you know, pour out my heart and soul for all of them. And we see this manifesting because of the lack of spiritual principles. Okay, so let's go to the next one. Uh, Sulani, you can do the next one for us in John chapter 14. (coughs) All right. Okay, John chapter 14, verse 21. Okay. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So, Nadia. (laughs) Yes, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) What is the spiritual principle then in this? Okay, well, first... Maybe this is a good example. So what would be the value system that we adjust to? Does anyone want to try? So we read this. He has my commandments and keeps them. It is he who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my father. What is the value system? What do we adjust ourselves to and go, ah, this is good? To love the Lord. Yes, I want to love the Lord. How am I going to do that? What's the principle that I'm going to base it on? commandments okay so what we want to do is and i'm going to we're going to encourage all of you during the next whatever (laughs) during the next lifetime um but especially now as we're busy with this and through december and so on it would be a very good idea to go practice read through the word and then see what what how do we adjust our value system but what are the principles that we need to base it on So not just that, oh, yes, I want to love God and I'm going to love God, but to go, okay, but if I want to love God, then I'm going to have have to have his commandments and keep them. 
Okay, so now I have something solid to go on. So it's not just a smooshy love, let me love him in my way. It's mm -hmm. going to be very specific. Something, mm -hmm. Somewhere to return to. Something that's stable and unchanging. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, next one is in 1 John chapter 2. Verse 6. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Mm -hmm. The value system is? Walk as he walked. Yes, I want to walk as he walked. Definitely. Silani, mm -hmm. what's the spiritual principle <laughs> that's going to enable us to walk as he walked? He who, who says he abides in him. So we need to abide in him. So. To walk as he walked. So the principle would be to walk in the spirit. There we go. Okay. So I cannot walk as he walked if I'm not going to walk in the spirit. If I'm going to walk in the flesh, then I'm definitely not going to be able to walk as he walked. Mm. Okay. So I can read the scripture and go, yes, good. I'm good. Here I go. Walking as he walked. But I'm trying to do it from the flesh or according to basic principles. They're not going to happen. So my value system, my witness is going to be that the value system that I should walk as he walked is not true. It's impossible to do. But if I go, okay, if I want to walk as he walked, then it means that I have to abide, which means I have to do it by the Spirit in him. Now I have something to walk according to. Makes sense. So we see how this works. Okay. And now, can we plot his road? Walk as he walked. What did he walk? What did he, he walk? From where to where? Where to where from? Okay. Hmm. How did he start his ministry? What's the walk? What did he have to go through? Then what did he have to go through? Where did he end? If, we walk, if it says hmm. walk as he walked, do we have to follow the same path? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Obviously, mm -hmm. walk as he walked. And this is what we did in our whole study of Romans as yes. well, is his righteousness is his road that I'm going to walk up. So Zulani, will you take yes. us through his road? Okay. So, his ministry started uh, right after his baptism. So that was his point of beginning. Okay. So, in other words, that also should be where we start our walk and our road after baptism. Okay. So if I go, don't go through baptism, can I even think about walking as he walked? But I'm going to walk as he walked because I was baptized as a baby. <laughs> really? Okay. So, yeah. walk as he walked. My value system is I want to walk as he walked. I'm going to learn to do that. Mm. I'm just going to skip the baptism. Then I'm just going to skip the... Infilling of the, the Holy Spirit. In the wilderness, never going to overcome the voice of the evil one or the flesh. Just skip that part as well. You're just going to go to the good parts. Pray for the sick. Mm. <laughs> Healings, mm. miracles. Ah, I'm going to walk as he walked. And if you don't receive the Spirit, how are you going to walk in the Spirit? So you see. So if we just bring it back to beginning and end, do we see? Mm -hmm. We said every part. If, entire, if the entire creation is dependent on a beginning and an end, then surely our faith walk would be dependent on beginning and end. So obviously, if the beginning and end is lacking, 
then how can I know where I'm yes. supposed to start my walk and when I'm done with this part and can start the next part? How would I be able to implement principles if I cannot identify, okay, now I have to implement a principle and now mm. it's done? You see? Yes. Can you ask those same questions on camera, please? We, this is a record. Come. <laughs> Come. This is a, we put in a record in place for, gener for generations and okay. for many years to come. So you have not been coached. What, what questions did you just ask? I asked, if you don't be baptized, you're still the same old person. You can't be filled with the Holy Spirit because you're still the same old person that you were before. So baptism is not just getting wet, right? No, it's you're becoming a new person. You become, yeah, you leave your old self behind. You have to give away everything that you, that old person has. Do you have to die, actually really die? Yeah, your old, your, old, be... your old self dies yeah. and you get a new body. Well, new body. And, and, you, and you, the Holy Spirit infilling is, yes, you are Holy... baptized into Him. Yes, because the Holy Spirit back. fills in you and you become a new person. Now, would it be possible for someone that, that really believes the Word, that hasn't died in baptism, to be filled with the Holy Spirit? No. no. And is it possible to walk in the Spirit if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit? No. So can you fulfill anything in the Bible? Without being baptized? No. Thank you. <coughs> Okay, so basically that was it. <laughs> can we can we just make sure that everybody gets this? Okay. So this is very important. If you keep this in mind, there's natural laws. Can I ask a question yeah. if it bothers me? Objective, unchanging, external or eternal? External and eternal. Uh, Both. Shall we yes. External. Eternal, we can do eternal. So, so just like natural laws, just like natural laws, it is unchanging and eternal. As long as the planet exists, those laws will be in place. The moment gravity is taken out of the equation, Everything else will is gone. It's, it's a non-issue yeah. from that moment on. Yeah. You can circumvent natural laws under controlled environments for a limited period of time. Mm. So they have come up with ways to remove gravity so that they can practice walking in space. But leave the human in, under those circumstances for too long. I don't know. His bones will deteriorate until he the fact is natural laws are natural laws spiritual laws are the same it's very important to understand this the spiritual laws and spiritual principles are external I have to navigate accordingly I have to tie myself to it and that will bring the stability and steadfastness right. so it's not something that I decide about it shouldn't be influenced by my emotions about my, it should not be influenced by my inclinations. It should govern my inspirations, my emotions. It should govern it. Okay, and it can. 
but a value system. A value, our value systems will govern our actions. Get that. We don't realize. We, how many people have sat, sat down and actually formulated all their value systems? But yet, it governs our actions. So, my value system is going to decide what I want to do. The problem is, if I connect my value system to worldly principles, and my value system was a worldly value system connected to worldly principles, then it would make a lot of sense because I would be living like everybody else, doing what they do. Now, a believer comes to the Word, they start changing their value system to a biblical value system, but they still retain the worldly principle system. All of a sudden, uh, two and two is no longer made adding up to four. And remember, value, value systems can change. So in other words, thank you. Yes. <laughs> so, members of the press. Well, so value systems can change. So if I am trying to... so And this also happens to believers often, is that we can see spiritual principles, but because my boat is still tied to the basic principles and the value system is in flux, I can one day decide and the value system governs our, our decisions and our actions. So one day I can decide and I can act in a certain way according to a spiritual principle, but because my boat is still tied also to basic principles and my value system can change, that's neither right nor wrong, tomorrow I can act and decide in a different way according to the basic principles of the world and my witness is shot. Makes sense. I mean, here's the other thing. So what they, so what believers also sometimes do, and this is like what he said when uh, the ungodly tries to circumvent spiritual principles, is they try to not conform their value systems to the principles, but they try to conform the principles to their value systems. So try and change the principle so that it can justify their value systems so that it can justify their actions and their decisions. Does that make sense? Let's quickly bring it back to the very purest form of it. Mm. If my value system is me, mm. so I control my head with all kinds of value systems. So this is what happens. Okay? If, the principle, is if the principle is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with everything that makes you you, love the Lord your God. If that is my principle and my value system and that governs everything else, then I can easily incorporate the whole word into my value system and implement the principles and it will become my, my witness. But if I try and incorporate biblical things into my value system, but my basic principle is I love, I'm important, it's me. Okay. Your witness will ultimately be that. Mm. You can do all the good works in the world. It's often like, um, like and I think it's quite hard, but I still have to think, I use my mind, I think, you know, yeah. logical. Exactly. Practical way. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. You see, out there, I've, Exactly. I've heard a lot of teachings on uh, do not worry, but we have to take responsibility and we have to do this and we have to do this because, you see, the ungodly will always justify circumventing the principle. The spiritual and the, principle. 
So the value system, they understand we shouldn't worry, but they'll put in a but because they never went to fulfilling all righteousness, seeking first the kingdom, and the Father knows what you need. You see, he's not going, you don't qualify for him providing in your needs if, you have not, if you're not seeking the kingdom of God first. What is that? Faith. New Jerusalem, that's seeking the kingdom. If you want to seek the kingdom here and do little kingdom things here, uh, the whole value system plus the principle is going to fall apart. It will not bear the witness that it's supposed to. And because people circumvent the principles and they don't see the witness of the word, they start making up their own principles because why is the witness not there? Because you have to start, if walk as he walked is basically the key here. Follow the same steps. Okay, I think, um, I think you guys did well. I think we understand. Does yes. anyone else have any questions? Take five minutes, bring it back to you again. Beginning and end. Um, ignorance, turning back on self, just bring it back to that. How does it work? Beginning and end. Delani, what did you learn okay. over mm. the last year regarding these principles? Okay. What did it do? It will... So, when you implement these principles, especially beginning and end, um, because beginning and end creates a pathway for all the other principles to be implemented. Um, in everyday life, you can go about and start identifying the beginning and the end of certain things and revert back your attention to Him and to His Holy Spirit and to His Word because, because you can now implement what you have read and believe to be true by putting in place these principles. So if I, I'm going to use the worry one again, the worry example, um, because, it, it, because we are so easily inclined to worry. Um, we, it is very easy then for me to realize I am on a pathway of trying to provide for myself and this is creating worry in me, even though the word says, do not worry. I can go and I can end the thought. I can stop. And it doesn't help just ending a thought and then kind of just not knowing what to do next. But then implementing the fact that he knows what I have need of. And that's where my security lies. That is, in fact, where I come back to where the origin is. So I can start again from there and continue forward. Um, this cancels out ignorance of wondering, oh, why am I worrying? What is happening? Why? Oh, okay. <laughs> I do. I, I implement it with my workday as well. I start my workday and I end my workday before I walk into the home. So before I go home in my car, I make sure I finish off every thought concerning what has happened within this day and I bring a conclusion, and I go home, and I start there again with things that happen at home and continue. This prevents me as well from worrying about the week to come or whatever challenges might lie ahead because I realize that right now I'm at home, and this is a place where I fellowship, and this is a place where he's prepared for me to rest. So I enter there in a different mindset, continuing in that which he has prepared for me there. And then the morning after when I wake up to go to work, I can once again start my work day. Even if I can give an example, sometimes you have to prepare for the day that is ahead. I make a time for that. 
So I'll realize, okay, right now I have started preparing for my day that lies ahead. Um, and once I have put everything in place and I know there is no longer anything I can do to be better prepared, I will end it and I will realize, okay, everything's in place, everything is set, I can go, I can rest, I can sleep well, wake up the next morning knowing everything is fine and continue from there on forward. Conversations. Conversations. Okay. So if you step into a conversation with someone else, it is um, very helpful to know you have now start okay to know where you are headed with the conversation. So you can start at a point knowing where you are going so that you can then again end it. This prevents you from speaking um, mindlessly and things that are of no importance bringing the other person's thoughts also into turmoil. Um, so that's very important. After a while, once implementing these things, even if you say, okay, this conversation is now becoming um, pointless and it, has, it is, isn't headed anywhere, you can end it and walk away. And continuously putting this in place and practicing this. Yes. Yes. But you just put that in place. <laughs> Uh, implementing these things, I ignore things people say to me these days. Mm. Out there, people will say things to you that it's got nothing to do with you. Why mm. did you tell me? I just ignore it. Sometimes mm. just like so boring. Yeah. Just like pretend, pretend they never said it, carry on, and if they continue, end it and walk away. Because mm. it makes sense. Mm. Okay, do we understand that <laughs> these principles coming and going out? Okay? I come into someone's presence, I come in to be a blessing. Not to take away from their life, to add to their life. Do you understand? So, okay, so, so you remember that. I'd just like to end with this thought. that. <clears throat> so we said that at the beginning of the year, we introduced these principles and everyone could see this is a good idea. And we want to implement them. And then we said that for most of us, some of these principles started dwindling a bit. Okay. So... What we want to perhaps reassess is that when we heard these principles and obviously saw that they were going to have a good effect, did we accept it as principles or did we accept them as value systems? So did we just end up adjusting our value systems going like, yeah, I can see that this is good. Or did we in actual fact start implementing them as external, eternal, objective, unchanging principles? Do we see? You seeing what I'm explaining? Okay. Why is it important for us? What do you have when you have the Israelites, first, second generation? They know if I touch an unclean dead animal, I'm going to have to sacrifice a sheep. What do you have if people learn this, they learn from the experience, they understand the principle, and they've been doing it for 10 generations? What does the nation look like? What kind of a person, a people we have? All of that. They're with it, switched on, concentrating in the moment, being aware of things. Large mm. of Do you see why it's a, a seemingly odd little law that God puts in there? Shows us there's a principle behind this law that's huge and very important. The potential 
uh, of the principle behind this law can form the minds of the whole nation, can form the way society works, everybody there, walking circumspectly, paying attention. Okay, what about accidents? Do you just, uh, as a final comment on accidental? Okay. Um, okay, so if we look at accidentally doing something in this time, so if I was to go and greet Anushka in the morning and she was praying, but it was an accident, I accidentally disturbed her whilst in prayer because I didn't realize this was what was happening. The effects are still. Um, in her life. She still missed what the Lord was about to say to her because I accidentally did not walk circumspectly assessing the situation and implementing the principle. So we all know that Anushka would forgive you, right? Yes. Because she loves you. Yes. But she would still have to pay the price. Yes. And if you continuously do this, the, the accident of just one time accident becomes a habit. And why does accidents happen? Because accidents happen when we are not walking, paying attention. Um, we are, have not walked in discernment. Accidents happen when people are not careful, mm. yes. not paying attention, not in the moment. Mm. Okay, so now, God's <laughs> comment on accidents is, you're going to pay for them. Makes no difference. God's comment on accidents is, I'm going to teach you not to make them. To make accidents. And how are you going to learn not to make the accident? Pay attention. I'm going to teach you to pay attention. Right? Pay attention. Pay attention. Sacrificing attention. Exactly. Sacrificing sheep. So, so I guarantee you, I guarantee you, the Israelites, if they didn't try to circumvent God's law, or the principle, that they would learn to pay attention. That's so, not hard work. It's not. No. This actually creates more freedom and ease in your day, because if you know what's going on all the time, everywhere, it becomes easy to move. Just for clarity's sake, always remember that a spiritual principle is always external. So I hear what you're saying about having it formed in you, but we never want to enter into the mindset of making it mine. Because then we step into the pothole, possibly, of trying to adjust the principle to our value system, trying to justify our, th our thoughts and our actions. We always want to have the mindset that we are conforming ourselves to the principle. So the principle, I'm not bringing the principle to me and making it for me and about me, in me. I am moving towards the principle and conforming myself to the principle. Because the principle is unchanging. I'm changing. Makes sense. So I hear what you're saying. Definitely we do, we want to hear the word, keep the word and have the word form in us. But we don't want to make it about us and personalize it for me. Does that make sense? So we, we walk according to it. Mm. Just because the principle is always the principle. It's like you, you navigate according to the stars, mm. but it's not your stars. Mm. And you can't use it the way you want. You conform to the stars. Mm. Okay.